0: You're listening to It's In Our Nature, the podcast that celebrates the connections between people and nature, with host Adam McLean, The Nature Conservancy's Missouri State Director. For more information, visit nature.org forward slash Missouri. Hi, everyone. I'm Adam McLean, Missouri State Director for The Nature Conservancy. And today's episode will be a little different. I don't have a guest to banter back and forth with because for this episode, I want to talk directly to you, the people who make our work possible, our supporters. Whether that's financial support, volunteer hours, or just generally following our work and telling your friends that they should follow us too, it all adds up. And we've had quite a year, one for the books in a lot of different ways. And so as I look back on 2022 and everything that's taken place over the past 12 months, I am so grateful, I'm so proud and sometimes I'm, I'm really shocked at what a determined group of people can accomplish together. So today you get just me and a whole lot of good news. I will say that producer Christy said that makes for better editing because I don't laugh really hard. Um, and she has to tone that down when I'm interacting with another guest. So we have that going for us too. I'm running down seven highlights for 2022. Why seven? Number one, importantly, it's my favorite number. And number two... If we went any higher in this podcast, it would last a lot longer than anyone would probably be willing to listen to. So before you get too excited though, this isn't going to be like a music countdown kind of thing where we save the best for last. These projects are in no particular order. In my mind, that would be like picking my favorite kid, and I have committed to never ever making that mistake again. I was hard enough to narrow the field to seven highlights, so ranking them would be impossible. Nevertheless, hope you feel pride and ownership in today's episode, and once again, I want to thank each and every one of you for being a supporter of the Nature Conservancy here in Missouri. So let's get this fun started. We're going to start with um, a project that has, a, has had a great impact on me personally. I've been a part of many amazing projects during my career with the Nature Conservancy, but I have to say this one is truly special and will have a lasting impact beyond the conservation benefits. Our first highlight is our partnership with the Inter Tribal Buffalo Council and the transfer of TNC bison back to tribal lands. So, a little bit of background on ITBC. Thirty years ago, Inter Tribal Buffalo Council initiated the Buffalo Restoration Movement. And since its inception, ITBC has restored more than 20,000 buffalo across a million acres of tribal lands. In 2020, ITBC began partnering with TNC through the transfer of our surplus buffalo from TNC herds to native nations. So each year our herds on our properties have a carrying capacity. And so when we have calves, we have surplus animals, in the past, we would take those to auction. We would do a variety of different things with them. Now they have this incredible purpose when they, when they leave our site. They're going somewhere else to drive conservation, community, and a whole bunch of other great stuff. So the importance of the Buffalo Surplus Program to member nations includes a variety of things. Spiritual, cultural revitalization, ecological restoration, conservation, food sovereignty, economic development... Health initiatives, you name it. It's like so layered with what it does, um, with what those animals do when they reconnect to these communities. Each animal returned to tribal lands represents much more than its physical presence on the landscape. It signifies a restored web of relationships that had been broken for hundreds of years, but also this like amazing triumph resulting from tribal efforts to maintain and rekindle the preservation of historical, cultural, traditional and spiritual relationships for future generations. During the next two years, the Nature Conservancy will transfer 1500 buffalo to ITBC member tribes, including more than 800, I think, this fall. So our 2021 stats from Missouri itself, we, we transferred 50 animals, which were released to the Eastern Shoshone, in the Northern Arapaho nations in Wind River Reservation near Lander, Wyoming. So it was 25 animals each. There's a really cool story about that too. Um, this year we transferred 15 animals to a tribe in South Dakota. So the, the amazing story in the Eastern Shoshone and Northern Arapaho is that they they adjoin each other, their, their reservations join each other, and they had started small herds on both sides. And these two these 25 herds on each side they really wanted to take that fence down and unite that herd of bison across that landscape. And these animals, since they know each other and have grown up with each other at Dunn Ranch, um, and then they were getting separated into these two different tribes, they really felt like these these animals were gonna lead that reunion um, and make nice across the fence and be able to bring that fence down and join the herd, which is just a really, really powerful moment and something to think about. So definitely a highlight of the year and um, something we we are excited to continue investing in, so thank you for your support of it. So for our second highlight, we're going to switch gears to a few projects that benefit a a significantly smaller species than bison. So from bison to fish, but these projects go beyond the fish. The fragmentation of rivers is a big issue here in Missouri and around the world. So when rivers become fragmented by dams, culverts, other barriers, as is the case for, I think, more than two-thirds of the world's major rivers, it can have a devastating effect on all these habitats and the people and wildlife that depend on them. So a couple things that I want to highlight in terms of projects around fish passage. The first is the area of Shoal Creek, and these are ongoing. So TNC is finalizing plans for a pair of fish passage projects that replace two low-water crossings, which are kind of like the you know, a concrete slab in the bottom of a river or gravel that they replace so you can drive through and not get too wet with your vehicles, Um, and replacing those with free-span bridges that sit above that that system that allow the fish to swim underneath, people to travel safely across the top. So Drew Holt, who works in southwest Missouri for us and also around the state on rivers, uh, is expecting work to begin in spring of 2023. It has funding from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife's National Fish Passage Program. It complements a suite of projects that TNC and partners are working on in the Shoal watershed. And then in that same geography is Lime Kiln Dam. In November, Neosho officials and their partners celebrated the replacement of dangerous Lowhead Dam with rocky rapids that opens up the stream to fish as well as kayakers and people wading. TNC didn't do the construction work, but it provided technical advice, and that included Steve Harrington and Drew providing input on engineering plans and all that good stuff. So it starts to get pretty technical to figure these things out for people and for the fish that are relying on them and all the habitats. Another one, the final one that I'll cover, is Little Creek Fish Passage, and that finished in June. So Little Creek um, has that headwaters, are all up on Dunn Ranch, where we've got this incredible prairie restoration, bison, prairie chickens, that whole mix that you've heard about before. It's all up there, and then it's flowing down, and in there are Topeka Shiners. It's home to Topeka Shiners, which is an endangered minnow that lives in prairie streams. So Little Creek then passes under an old state road, and it used to fall... It was a big culvert, concrete culvert. It used to fall six feet from the top of that culvert where the water was coming down to the new creek bed which had suffered a lot of erosion that came up to that spot like a head cut. So that waterfall was cutting off the Shiner from food and breeding grounds and the project fixed that by creating an underwater ramp that raises the water level, eliminating the plunge and reconnecting five miles of habitat. I long dreamed of seeing like a tiny little two-inch Topeka Shiner going like salmon style and like spinning its way like leaping with all its might up that six feet and getting into the culvert and continuing forward but that just couldn't happen and I I also kind of pictured like these tiny little prairie bears that were roaming kind of like get into that spot on top of the rock and wait for him to come by but that didn't happen either so we fixed that this project reconnected federally endangered Topeka shiners and a native fish population to over five miles of stream channels upstream within Dunn Ranch and it reduced a bunch of sediment and nutrient pollution from the stream erosion near the culverts. So rebuilding the stream banks with tree roots and live plantings also helps because it reduces erosion, filters runoff, and improves the health of the stream. And this stream actually goes all the way down, I believe into Bethany, forms a lake and becomes a drinking water source for for a community there. So there's benefit to these projects for people and nature when designed correctly Uh, And we're really proud of them. And it's something that we spend a lot of our time, energy, and funding on to try and transform what the future looks like. So it was a big highlight for the year. Okay, best drum roll sound, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, number three. This is something that's in our our DNA I'm excited to talk about. It's land protection. So permanent protection of critical landscapes has been a priority of TNC from the beginning. In fact, our organization launched into land protection on Christmas Eve, 1954, when neighbors of a 60-acre forest in Bedford, New York, were given the ultimatum, bid on the wooded ravine or see it developed. They chose to bid on, the, collectively, they pooled money together, they bid on the wooded ravine and made it a nature preserve. And TNC, in many ways, was formed. And that's a critical part of our DNA, is how do we collectively come together, purchase things um, from willing sellers to protect it in perpetuity. This year, we've had two great purchases and one amazing gift that fall into that land protection category. So the first is Ruby Dew Creek in Pulaski County, Missouri. 612 acres. We purchased it in September of 2022. So a couple of highlights. This property is is on a tributary to the Gasconade River, and it provides an opportunity to protect approximately two miles of riparian corridor, hundreds of acres of forest of the Ruby Dew Creek watershed, and it includes a cave, which is awesome, and I've explored it, and it's cool and a little scary, and I started crawling down one of the spots, and then the person that was selling it said, well, we've had some mountain lions or back in this area that sometimes you, and I quickly started coming right back out the same way backwards, Um, but it's a really neat cave system. The whole property is very, very cool, so in terms of its conservation significance, because cool things like caves and neat visuals don't always translate into conservation significance and we're driven by that conservation significance. So Ruby Dew Creek lays in the Gasconade River Hills subsection of the Ozark ecoregion. Large blocks of mature timber occupy nearly 500 acres of the property with many mature walnut, white oak, black oak species. The rest of the property is river and floodplain with excellent potential for stream bank restoration, improved management to reduce downstream flooding, and improve water quality. So it's got all this stuff packed into 612 acres that makes it really, really neat in a geography that we think is really important. TNC has these tools um, that help guide those decisions. One of them is called a resilient land mapping tool that helps us think about um, across the state of Missouri, which areas are gonna be resilient to changes in temperature, climate, rainfall, you name it. um, So that as we're building things for the future and we think about perpetuity, of protection, we need to take those things into account and really make our decisions wisely about where we invest in owning land. Um, This stacks up really high in terms of climate resiliency, biodiversity, landscape diversity, and landscape connectivity. So it's cool. So a little bit more about this cave. The property contains, it's called York Cave, and it's adjacent to MDC's Great Spirit Cave, which is this biologically important site. uh, It's a priority one gray bat maternity site, an Indiana bat hibernaculum. It also historically had northern long-eared bats. Little brown bats, tricolored bats, you're a bat, you love this place. And a few cave adapted creepy crawlies also call the cave home. Ruby Creek then provides foraging habitat for the summer colony of gray bats using Great Spirit Cave. The site provides foraging habitat for swarming Indiana bats in the spring and fall. So super cool. Property's really neat. Um, it took a lot of energy to work our way through that whole process, make the acquisition, and protect it uh, in perpetuity forever, the site. Um, So we're excited about it. Number two, Little Blue River in Jackson County, Missouri, so kind of over by Kansas City. This property is adjacent to the Little Blue River near Kansas City and was identified as a top-tier candidate for our Missouri mitigation banking program. We've done a podcast on that with Wes Hauser, So if you've heard that, then this makes a lot of sense to you, and hopefully you're going woohoo and celebrating that we got this deal closed. The reason it was such a great candidate for that is because it's based on its location in a watershed with high mitigation credit demand and the site's excellent potential for stream and wetland restoration. Again, conservation significance. We ask ourselves that question all the time. Well, this property includes approximately 4,000 linear feet of perennial tributary to the Little Blue River as well as two marsh areas that are ideal candidates for wetland enhancement. So this is gonna allow us to initiate our mitigation program, start to work our way through that, try and make transformative change in that system. And that's gonna be awesome and we're excited about it. So if you are going, what is a mitigation bank and how does it work? Then listen to our podcast episode with Wes Hauser. The property's also, I'm gonna throw in one last tidbit about it. It's located next to Little Blue Trace Park and a walking biking trail runs along the property. So this is awesome. We get to partner our investment with um, Parks Department Investment across the Little Blue, where people are recreating already and trying to find ways to get more eyes on conservation and more people fall in love with our work. So that's just an added bonus. Last but not least is the Missouri River Center, as we call it. Some people know it as Catfish Katie's in the Columbia area. This property is a It sits on a scenic stretch between the Missouri River and the Katy Trail. It's 169 acres and it was donated to TNC by Larry and Brenda Potterfield. The property is going to be owned by TNC and operated in partnership with Missouri River Leaf. It was a really, really neat place. So it also needs some restoration. It's got about a mile of uh, Missouri River frontage, which is awesome, but it had a lot of agricultural use in it and a variety of other things. Um, So our plans are to conduct a high-quality restoration of natural habitats across the property. That's probably going to include stabilizing the riverbank with natural materials, plantings, and then rejuvenating these on-site wetlands and planting native vegetation. Um, It also has a boat ramp. Huge bonus. allows, again, if you hear a theme in those two, between the last one and this one, is how do we connect people to nature to allow them to get out and enjoy it, fall in love with it, and be willing to support it in all the ways that are possible. This property includes a boat ramp to the Missouri River. It was previously only accessible through memberships. So once we took ownership of the property, we immediately opened up the gate, made the ramp open to the public. Since then, we've partnered with the Missouri Department of Conservation um, who now leased the, and manage the boat ramp and its access road. So opening that ramp will allow people to connect to the river, and that was a big priority for us. It's also got something else going for it with some infrastructure, but I'm gonna save that as our segue into the fourth item. So the segue to highlight four, we have these amazing properties that we can learn from, that others can learn from. How can we help boost research and data to inform our conservation strategies and those of others? And this is where our Centers for Conservation Innovation, or CCIs, come into play. So CCIs, um, we launched a new program in the fall of 2021 to create demonstration and research facilities on our properties to help boost the type of scientific innovation needed to protect the land and water Missourians depend on. These centers are focused on education, research, outreach, and conservation. And I think that list can even grow as we think about humanities and art and a variety of other things. We're just at the beginning phases of what these things become for the state, and we're really excited about it. The program started with Little Creek Farm. So it was a renovation of a house and conversion of pastures to paddock system new cattle watering systems, a whole bunch of stuff. So all of a sudden up at Little Creek Farm, we had a location that had infrastructure that could allow people to stay there, researchers, all of that, and then surrounding them were all these different things that they could study, they could monitor, we could learn from, we could fail at and share those learnings with other people to help them avoid that. So we've got rotational grazing with cattle on an on a area that was traditionally fescue, that we're going through conversion with native grasses on over time. We have scales there where we're doing weight gain as they come in, as they come out, so we can get all the economic data. Across the road sits an incredible prairie restoration, tall grass prairie restoration in Dunn Ranch that we know a lot about. We've studied over the years. We know what our applications of different things were over time so that we can understand the different impacts that come from that. We also, to the north of Dunn Ranch, or on Dunn Ranch, the northern portion of it, we have a grass bank um, where we are exchanging the ability for cattle to come over from neighboring lands to graze on that at certain times of the year in exchange for restoration and management improvement on the private land that has those cattle. That can be studied. We already talked about the little tiny mini fish that are jumping up and little mini prairie bears are eating them as they go over the six-foot hump, and we've solved that. But we can also learn from it and see how it's working. So all of that is like within five miles of each other and has a place that's anchored down in it. So it's it's this iconic flagship that we want to use to leverage grassland restoration across the state of Missouri and beyond it, beyond our borders as well. So that got us thinking about where else do we need that around the state? And that had some big developments in 2022. So I already referenced the Missouri River Center. So Larry and Brenda Potterfield donated this 164 acres outside of Columbia. It was formerly Catfish Katie's, so it was a restaurant and music venue that sat there. Um, Really nice infrastructure, parking lot, et cetera. And then it has this 160 acres and mile of uh, Missouri River frontage in an incredible location near Columbia, near the institutions, educational institutions. And Columbia has invested a lot and trying to get kids connected to the outdoors, et cetera. So our partnership with the Missouri River Center will help us build that out as one of these cornerstones, TNC Center for Conservation Innovation Program. It offers opportunities to advance these scientific studies along the Missouri River, but it's also gonna be a great place for educating the public about river and conservation. Thanks in part to Missouri River Leaf's partnership with us. The second, Mill Creek. So it's the third leg of TNC's CCI program. Now it has an on-site staffer, Matt Nugent, who's overseeing the build-out of facilities on the property. Matt started with us in, uh, with TNC in April. So that's down in the Ozarks in the Current River watershed, a couple hundred acres. It's had a lot of private lands work done on it prior to our ownership, a lot of fire, a lot of glade restoration, et cetera. But as we come in there, we start learning about these, the stream that's there, the forest management that's there, the fire program that can be there, and then we look outside of the, the walls of those, not walls, fences, I guess, of the 200 acres, MDC, Chilton Creek, U.S. Forest Service, all this stuff is down there. State parks, and they're engaging in conservation, and we're forming teams across those borders to learn from each other. So it's, again, this epicenter of momentum about conservation in a woodland context. Pretty cool. So throughout 2022, broader planning has taken place to create a vision for the CCI program, aiming to boost important research, offer nature-based solutions, and create places for the public to learn how conservation is important for both people and for the environment. And two big gifts, including $150,000 from Clayton and Odessa Lang-Offstead Foundation, and $250,000 from an anonymous donor, will provide a huge boost to the CCI program in 2023, allowing us to make really strategic early investments in driving these programs forward. So definitely a highlight of the year. All right, our next highlight, number five, is newer in relation to TNC's 66 years in Missouri. In 2018, we launched a Cities program in St. Louis. The goal of our Cities program is to work with communities to grow equitable nature-based solutions to improve the health, well-being, and quality of life for people and nature. While the city's program was not new in 2022, it grew a lot. So a couple of those things. First, we expanded our city staff. In June, Gabe Ouroboros joined TNC as our city's coordinator. She helped drive forward a couple of great projects that we invested in heavily and are really excited about. So the first is community-based air quality monitoring program. So this was led by the Metropolitan Congregations United the local interfaith environmental justice task force the nature conservancy and washington university in st louis are partnering to equitably scientifically and strategically site air quality monitors at congregations throughout north and south st louis to fill the air quality data gap throughout the region so the data collected by these monitors feed into the airwatch stl website which is updated hourly it provides updates And information about pollutants that researchers, residents, and community leaders can use to address health problems that have plagued historically disenfranchised St. Louis neighborhoods for generations. The second is expanded, we expanded tree resilience. So, tree resilience is a national initiative. It was led and created by the Nature Conservancy to address barriers to healthy canopy through free tree removals and replacements, mature tree maintenance, and the improvement of planting conditions. So we focus on areas where the canopy is either threatened or already lost and partner with local communities that stand to gain the most from more resilient urban forests. So this program was initially launched in November of 2021 in North St. Louis County, working on private property. But in the fall of 2022, the program was expanded to include St. Louis City, where we're working with the city of St. Louis Forestry Department on public properties, including many city parks, to remove dead, dying, or hazardous trees and replace them with new trees. So the city's expansion includes a focus on ash trees, obviously, a lot of them are dying. Emerald ash borer, it's a thing and it's having impact. So these ash trees are susceptible to the emerald ash borer. It's caused millions of dollars in damage across Missouri since its discovery in 2008. So we've honed in on that in partnership with the St. Louis Forestry Department and are working to replace that, replace those trees and gain all the benefits that come from it. Again, this, the city's program is reinforcing our strong belief that people and nature are connected and they're not separate from each other. It has impacts, and we're making investments there, and we're really excited about the momentum that grew in 2022 thanks to your support. Highlight number six takes us back to our roots again. Prescribed fire. TNC as an organization celebrated 60 years of good fire this year with the first controlled burn conducted in 1962 at Helen Allison Savannah in Minnesota. In Missouri, we'll celebrate 40 years of fire in 2023. And if 2022 is any indication, it's gonna be a great year. So two things that I wanna talk about expanding our fire and stewardship team. The first is habitat strike teams. The second is DEI training. So on the habitat strike teams, these were designed to increase fire management and stewardship practices that cross boundaries, so jurisdictional boundaries, state, private land ownership, all of that good stuff, and coordinate fire and stewardship activities so that we can take a step back, look at the landscape in a holistic way, as opposed to focusing within our respective boundaries and just kind of having redundancy all over the place. So our strike team worked with the Missouri Department of Natural Resources, Missouri Department of Conservation, National Park Service, and private landowners. Launched in 2021, we hired Megan Alcazoff as the Western Ozarks Fire and Stewardship Coordinator. She focuses in the Bennett Springs area. But in 2022, we got grant funding in March um, that allowed us, it was from the U.S. Forest Service and their cohesive strategy cross-boundary grant kind of program. This funding brings appro- approximately $1.4 million to Missouri to allow us to coordinate three fire training exchanges, or treks. a pretty cool name. I wish I had a T-shirt that said, like, TRECs, uh, events over the next four years. Ryan... Trek shirt. Ryan Gauger. A Trek shirt would be awesome. Thanks, bud. Um, Next four years and develop statewide fire needs analysis that will help Missouri fire managers, not just TNC, but more broadly, develop fire goals across the state that are going to meet the ecological and social goals. So we hired some new staff. We hired Matt Nugent. He's the Eastern Ozarks Fire and Stewardship Coordinator. I don't think he's related to Ted, but I've been scared to ask him. Um, He's stationed at our Mill Creek Preserve in Van Buren. Uh, And on October 22, we hired Isaiah Tanner as our Osage Plains Fire and Stewardship Coordinator. And so he's based out of the El Dorado Springs area. So collectively, that team is looking at these strike teams and how do we deploy them across the state to have all these broad impacts. It's huge. It's awesome. Um, And it's a great partnership between all those different agencies and the private landowners that allow us to come on and partner with them. So in terms of upcoming fire trainings, treks, will take place in March and then fire science training will take place in April, so we're excited about them. A training that already took place that we're really proud of was DEI training, so diversity, equity and inclusion prescribed fire training. So TNC's DEI fire training workshop was held in Missouri and it was designed to increase opportunities for women and minority colleagues to further their fire leadership knowledge and qualifications. The training took place throughout the end of February and into April of 2022. And we hosted seven participants from all over the place. So two were from Minnesota, two from Oregon, two from Illinois, and one from South Africa. We had them for six amazing weeks of learning, networking, and getting fires back on Missouri's landscapes. This year, we even had CNN crew join us for our burn in Bennett Springs Preserve when that crew was here. So the crew was highlighting the work of Kelly Martin, who's a burn boss with TNC's North America fire program, and her efforts to train the next generation of fire leaders. The segment aired in March and was part of the Represented by CNN series, which highlights women who are breaking down barriers in typically male-dominated fields. So we recorded a podcast about this uh, with Kelly Martin and Kylie Paul, uh, who is the participant from South Africa. If you haven't already listened to that episode. Please do. It's pretty great. They're amazing. Um, And the work those two do are incredibly inspiring. We've made it to our final highlight. Thanks for hanging with me. So this one's a little different, but is really important part of every single thing that we've talked about so far, and that's support. So in 2022, we closed out our five-year campaign and had some very impressive numbers to report. These numbers represent the collection of individuals, foundations, companies and others who see our vision and support our mission. We're incredibly grateful for this trust in helping us move our conservation goals forward together. So here's some numbers. First, I'm going to start with the big one. The grand total raised in that 5-year campaign was 106 million dollars 300 wait, how do I say 106399920? I'm not used to saying numbers that big, so I had to think about the commas and where they were at and all that good stuff. So let me give you a little breakdown. Um, So 17 million, roughly, was raised for work in Missouri. That's going to impact our Missouri work and drive towards our priorities here. 66 million was raised for work outside of Missouri. And this is really, really important. We think about our work in the context of what are we doing in Missouri and what are we doing as Missouri. So, we have things we need to do and drive in Missouri towards conservation and a better future for all, everybody that's living here. But we also play this really important role and are impacted by all the stuff that happens outside of our chapter. And so, thinking about how do we show up as Missouri and drive conservation beyond our borders. That's equally important, and and we treat it that way, and so do a lot of our donors and supporters, which is remarkable. So that outside of Missouri stuff went to other state regional programs. There was about 4 million of priorities in other areas in North America. And then 62 million went to global priorities um, that are really, really meaningful. So a couple other things that were really cool in the campaign. We had new Legacy Club members, um, 83 of them. So Legacy Club is are people that have made a planned gift to the Nature Conservancy. They've said, um, as part of my um, IRA after I'm gone, or in my will I'm leaving this percentage of income to you, or part of my insurance, there's a whole variety of mechanisms. Each one of them are really meaningful because there's somebody saying, whenever I go, I want to see that you or this organization is taken care of and the things that I was investing in during my life i want to continue to invest in after my life which is touching um and so each one of those people making that commitment 83 of them during the campaign was remarkable that brings our current total of legacy club members in missouri to 412. so how do we bundle that into dollars that are actually been committed to in the future which will make sure that we can sustain ourselves long into the future there's about 22 million dollars is included in that campaign number from these planned gifts um, that we won't see for a while but they're if it, if the past is any indication those come in at remarkable times sometimes somehow they find this way of showing up when we need them most to drive some incredible opportunity that sits in front of us it's really really neat how it works and then one of the other things i want to point out and thank our trustees so we have about 22 23 trustees in missouri that help really deeply Um, As volunteers, they help us think through our strategies, where we're spending money, what our team looks like, all of this good stuff. They invest dollars and they invest time and expertise and relationships to help us be successful. Well, they raised over $800,000 during the summer of the pandemic. So that was on top of commitments that they had already made to our five-year campaign. When the pandemic came, we were a little worried about what Donations were going to look like, and whether we were going to have to step back, whether we were going to have to trim down on staff, any of that stuff that's really scary to think your way through at that time. They leaned in, they didn't lean out, and they said, Here, we're going to each make additional commitments, and you can use that as a matching gift program of unrestricted dollars to try and encourage other people to lean in as well. It's remarkably successful, and we're so, so very helpful for it. As I look back and think about, you know, beyond the numbers, um, Dollar-wise, and how many donors and all this—I—I'm kind of think about one the stories that came through the campaign um, that I just treasure, and then we all kind of hold dear, and taught us new lessons, and then also just kind of the fun facts that are outside of the numbers of dollars. So there were 140 new donors to Missouri. Ten of our 21 trustees are new since the beginning of the campaign. And We had three matching gift programs, and that resulted in over 2.3 million dollars for Missouri conservation. So really cool stuff. And then some of the stories I think about, um, I'll go nameless on these things, but just to give you a flavor for the people that we get to interact with and how how awesome they can be. Um, we approached somebody that had been a former trustee, and boy did they give us grief over our choice of phrases. We had we have a tendency to use a bunch of acronyms and crazy explanations for what we're going to do in the next five years is going to be redundancy resilience to this that and in the face of xyz and it just ends up sometimes being jargon and she called our bluff on it and said what the heck does this even mean Um, and just gave us a lot of grief and like red marks on the case statement which was funny at the time and then she became one of the first gifts to the campaign in a really significant way that gave us momentum And when we asked if she'd like her campaign gift to go anything specific, she said, you know, I don't give like that. You all know that. My gift will be unrestricted to the Missouri chapter because I trust you to do good things with it. So that that gives us power and energy as a staff to move forward on these projects and was really neat. And then somebody else, another former trustee that doesn't want to be on the board anymore but said anything other than being on the board again because just time constraints and other things, anything else you need me to do, I'll do it. So they participated in um, planning for us. They made an early gift, which was remarkable. They hosted two events, and then they helped us engage with other donors who have also become really engaged in our work. And so those are the kind of people that make, make things tick around here, and we're really, really grateful for them. Those are stories of giving. The campaign is about that giving in dollars a lot of times. But each of you listening, I also want to say, does remarkable things for us that might not show up in that dollar total. But your volunteer efforts, your communication with us, your feedback on a project that we have, or have you thought about this? Showing up to events and telling staff, good job and keep up the good work. All of those things really, really add up. And cumulatively over five years, they brought us to a spot where last year in 2022, we have these seven highlights to celebrate. And there's a bunch more that we could go on for for hours and hours. We just know you don't want to listen that long. So thank you to all of of you for doing those things, and I hope you enjoyed the the, the highlights. So that's kind of the recap of number seven. Um, That brings me to closing. I I just want to again say that 2022 was a great year, and I feel like we're set up really well for 2023. It's going to be even better. And thank you for joining us today and for your support throughout the year. I I can unequivocally say your energy keeps us going. It's making a difference for nature and all who depend on it. And if you want to dive deeper into any one of these projects, please visit our website. It's nature.org forward slash Missouri. You can read our year in review where we'll have additional links and photos to these projects that I've rambled on about. Um, So thank you. I'm wishing you all the best for 2023 and thanks again and take care.